Hey, name. Hey, salam alaikum, Bilal. Alaikum, salam. Feels like a, a work meeting. Yeah. <laughs> and you're just waiting for the other uh, invitees to hop on. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but it's typically us, uh, like the lower level people that are first in the meeting and uh, the superiors tend to come like a lot later. Assalamu alaikum, Faizan. How are you doing, man? I'm good. I got this uh, new headset from work. And, like it's it's called Sapper Optics, but it's like so nice. Yeah, it's that's the name of the brand, Cyber Optics. Cyber, one sec. Cyber Acoustics. Oh, okay, I was gonna say optics is with the eye, so. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay. Cool. Cool. But yeah, I don't have anything new. Actually, I got this book in the mail, Integrated Encyclopedia of the Quran. I do have no idea what it is what's integrated encyclopedia but who's it by it is by an institute i believe the main author he i think i don't want to misquote it but i think he's one of the yakin guys um never mind yeah i don't know who any of these people are to be honest with you but it's by the center for islamic sciences in seattle Yeah, we'll see. We'll see what it's all about. Assalamu alaikum. Hey, Alex, how's awesome. What's going on? Not much. Is everyone? No. Oh, I saw. Christmas, I don't know if you're talking. I don't know if he's, I can't tell. Hey, can you all hear me? Yeah. Okay, very good. <clears throat> have you lost a, a lot of weight, Bezan? Um, have you lost a lot of sins because of your Umrah trip? Mashallah. Oh, mashallah. That was a good comeback. Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully, inshallah. Yeah. I, I did lose a little bit from the in a healthy way. Nothing. What are you are you like exercising or like eating right or yes uh, mostly just diet nice like you look like you lost a lot of weight since the last time i saw you last time i saw you was literally just like three weeks ago alhamdulillah, alhamdulillah. very nice are you laying off the salad <laughs> i'm eating a lot of salads i'm being honest nice I no it's a salad no i, I know oh, okay change the noon to a dal <laughs> I don't even want to hear that word. It's too tempting. 
salad. A good salad is pretty good. It is. It good is. Admit, you know, it is. a bad salad. Yeah. 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 So. Wow, but no, you look like you lost a lot of weight, mashallah. Exactly. Like you're looking totally hero, hero style. I told my wife, congratulations on getting a new husband. Mashallah, wow. And then, then you say, congratulations <laughs> to me on getting a new wife. Oh, yeah. I was like, now it's your turn to say something. <laughs> I'm just kidding. How was your Umrah trip? Umrah was nice. And, uh, non-stop activities including you know burning down a room in a hotel and then the uh, palestinian residents of the student of the room decided that they had to you know use every single bad word in speaking to the saudi staff and i tell them you are not in america you are in saudi arabia especially when the saudi staff told them they're about to call the police and it's like you are not going to survive that you know so I had to go through and apologize to everybody up the entire food chain until, you know, finally they agreed to cover everything. But yeah, it was eight hours of uh, some excitement. Sounds like a typical college spring break combined yeah. with an umrah. It's like, it's hard to reconcile. The, the, that was like literally like day two. But uh, over the course of the next few days, these guys became super religious. You know, half of them did three umrahs in the span of about 30 hours. You know, Mashallah. yeah, alhamdulillah. And then, like, even to do tawaf on the mataf on the main floor for tawaf, you you could only be in ihram. Oh. And, and so, so for much of it, at most, I could see like the top sliver of of the Kaaba. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that was nice. It was a very nice experience. So, so. Mashallah. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Where do we leave off? Well, I don't have any text uh, on mine. So I don't know if you took a note from last time. Was Feb 20th the last class? 27th was the last one. 27th? Oh, I wasn't, wow. yeah. I wasn't here for that one. Okay. I know the 20th we stopped at. Then we are wrong in saying. I have that. That's what I have for 20th. And then 27th, mostly we didn't do a lot of text. We talked about a bunch mm-hmm. of things. And I think we might have read a little bit, but it was very little. Okay. Uh, then let's begin a little bit after. Um, let's begin with the next paragraph after that begins with that was the sort of question. And there might be some repetition. So we might be stopping until after Eid. Right, because we're going to have iftar at this time slot. Cool. But let's jump into this. Let's pull the screen. <clears throat> so right here, then we are wrong in saying that where there is fear, there is also reverence. There, I think about we spoke about fear and, and hope. Right. And, and awe. And awe. Yes, yes. Okay. And so then that was the sort of question which I meant to raise when I asked whether the just is always pious or the pious is always just. Whether there may not be justice, where there is not piety for justice is a more extended notion of which piety is only a part. If we replace piety with taqwa, what do you think? Does taqwa 
Is it a root of justice? Is the consequence of taqwa justice? What are your thoughts? Oh, Eric, good to see you. All right, my daughter was uh, trying to get into the, the shop earlier. I would say yes. Sure. Argue it. Uh, I mean, I think, uh, you know, when we think about God consciousness, right, or the concept of, uh, of taqwa being aware of Allah, um, and I, I think that that, uh, that, uh, it, somebody who, who is conscious of God uh, will act in, in a just manner. Mm -hmm. um, so I think if you were to ask, if you were to replace justice with taqwa, um, I think I think, I think think one leads to another in the sense of God consciousness leads to uh, acting justly. Mm -hmm. I don't know, it's hard for me to think about taqwa as a kind of communal thing, which is oftentimes when I think about justice and like the yeah. justice system. Although, of course, there's justice like interpersonal between people as well. And I'm trying to think about like the qualities of taqwa, being honest, and I mean, being fair definitely is part and parcel of that. So, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, it makes sense. I think I'm not sure if it is true, but I think the negative is not true. Mm. Meaning, if you do not have taqwa, and then I think it's harder to work towards justice. Uh, I think a lot of, for example, if you look at a lot of our woke uh, people, they'll have ideologies through which they, they define justice. But without taqwa, I think it is hard to be consistently fair. Make sense? But yeah, like your point, like uh, taqwa is a very much an individual thing. But I'm remembering what is the ayah on the law of qisas. Let's find it. It's in Al-Baqarah. It's like around either 216 or 261. 216. Kutiba alaykum al-qital. There's a, there's one at 178 that has the word sauce in it. What does that one say? Uh, I just got rid of it. Ya yuhaladina amanu kutiba alaykum alaykum al-qisas fil qatl fil and then it keeps going. Let's look at the whole section because one of these ayahs connects it with taqwa. It has Ihsan. There's a lot of it. Yeah, and the ayah right after it, 179, as with taqwa. Uh -huh. Yeah, so there's a relationship right there. Right. So yeah, it seems like there's a relationship between taqwa. Uh, and in this contest, Pisos. So there, I think it's something more direct from the Quran itself. So. Okay.
Uh, what if we change piety with birr? Then what do you all think? Same thing? For this, I think if we look at ayat al-birr, then it works. Because bir leads to taqwa itself. And from that perspective, I think it works as well. So yeah, so one way to frame it is at the individual level. Yeah, it is taqwa, it is character. And then at the collective level, then that translates to uh, justice. So the character of a person is character. The character of a society is justice. Make sense? Yeah, chill. All right, so let's see. How about uh, Eric? Why don't you be Socrates? And how about uh, Shazan? Why don't you be Euthyphro? So we'll start right here. No, I think you are quite right. Then if piety is a part of justice, I suppose that we should inquire what parts. If you had pursued the inquiry in the previous cases, for instance, if you had asked me what is an even number and what part of, and what part of number the even is, I should have had no difficulty in replying. A number which represents a figure having two equal sides. Do you not agree? So what part of justice would you say taqwa is? Just, just a guess. Um, part of taqwa is that you make decisions thinking about how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will judge them, but at the same time, you are worried that if you don't do that, you're liable to punishment. And so I feel like there's kind of like a little bit of a accountability there that if I don't do this the way that I'm supposed to, then I could be open to punishment. And so I have like kind of that that stick versus a carrot sometimes. Mm -hmm. That works. And your thoughts? Bilal, what do you think? Bilal is gone. Name, what do you think? Um, I was kind of confused by the question because it sounded like there were like different types of justice that you were mm -hmm. asking about. And uh, I wasn't sure like what other kinds, like how can we separate it out into different yeah. like, sub ideas? So that's, that's a really fair question. <clears throat> the most common that people think of would be crime and punishment, but also think of justice as fair distribution of resources so it might be something in the same universe as welfare welfare very often has very negative uh, connotations unless you call it like a universal basic income then it's uh, then it sounds much more cool and sophisticated but same basic concept right and so so the basic point being that um if we speak of justice only in the sense of people in society being treated fairly, how would you answer the question? I mean, I guess I think more of that latter definition of uh, uh, with respect to justice of um, 
I don't know why. I guess it's just because it, the punishment part kind of sometimes throws me off because it could be unjust punishment, mm. for instance. Yeah, I, I would say, like, you, you remind me of um, on Omrah, uh, after Juma, like, I was part of this giant crowd. We were being removed because they had to do renovations and such. So this giant ocean of people kind of led me in the opposite direction from our hotel, literally to the opposite side of the Harum. And here, there's this whole long row, like on the side of the Harum where we were at, which is where the clock tower is. It's all like fast food chains and nice shops and everything. The other side, there's a long row of home, of uh, begging women. And you can all probably, if you haven't seen it, you can probably imagine all these women dressed in black, almost burkas, you know, screaming for help. One woman looked like she had acid thrown in her face. And half the women were missing their arms. And that couldn't be just a coincidence. It's, it's probably amputation, probably for theft. And me just making an imaginary story, the theft is probably because they were poor or hungry. And Swift Saudi Justice decided, all right, chop, chop. And um, and so thus, that would be an example. If my thesis is correct for why their arms were missing and why they were stealing, then that would be an unjust punishment, yeah. But if we speak of a just punishment, you know, then it's basically working with the argument that a person's core needs are being fulfilled. And then on top of that, they commit a crime. So imagine a person who has home, who has shelter, who has food, who has clothing, Rorty, Kapramakan, whatever they say. Um, and then they steal. That's fundamentally different than someone who's hungry and steals. So yeah, that would be a case where uh, a punishment could be just or unjust, you know, depending on what is being adjudicated. Okay, uh, let's continue. So, Euthyphro. Yes, I quite agree. In like manner, I want you to tell me what part of justice is piety or holiness that I may be able to tell Miletus not to do me just injustice or indict me for impiety, as I am now adequately instructed by you in the nature of piety or holiness and their opposites. All right. So I'd suggest in our conversation, taqwa is a root of justice. Taqwa is a core of justice. That without taqwa, you might have justice, but it's rootless. It's coreless. All this time, Shazan, I thought you were like dressing a blanket, but is that your Oh, chair? no, it's just the, sorry, the hoodie is just up. But in the, is that a chair behind you? Uh, yeah, it's a chair. I just have like a coat that's. It's called a. It's called libas at taqwa. Nice. Mentioned in the Quran. Mashallah, the best of libas. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. I put a. I put something in the chat. Um, I don't know how accurate it is, but I, I do remember hearing this. Uh, from from some scholars, that in general, taqwa and bir are mentioned like when they're mentioned separately, they have the generally the same meaning of piety and righteousness, but when they're mentioned together, like if there's a difference between them. Um, I don't have any sources for this, but some scholars have mentioned that 
Bir is doing good, driving towards that good, and Taqwa is staying away from evil. And then some other mentioned that uh, Bir is regarding the outward, the physical actions that you do, and Taqwa are the matters of the heart. If they're mentioned together and you want to differentiate between the two, mm-hmm. just putting that up there. That makes complete sense. Very nice, Mashallah. Alrighty, let us continue. Piety, Piety or holiness, Socrates, appears appears to me to be that part of justice which attends to the gods, as there is the other part of justice which attends to men. Mm. So we have Hukuk Allah in Hukuk Al-Ibad. So sort of the rights of Allah, the rights of, uh, of the servant. We don't tend to speak that way about taqwa or bir. Uh, how do you exercise good or bad character with Allah? Is there a way? What do you all think? Could, could you say like <clears throat> how you view Allah in your mind, could that qualify um, as a way of or you're not giving uh, like the respect there, like the way that you view him if in terms of like, for example, like what type of blessings you have, if you kind of view those as like, oh, why didn't I, why didn't this happen to me? Like I deserve this and you kind of neglect that or would that not fall in the category? I think uh, that example um, shows that it's easier to express the opposite that it's easier to express uh, lack of piety or lack of character with Allah by what is effectively ingratitude. Yeah. What about um, being in public versus private? So I tend to think that if I'm in public, you know, there's more eyes on you. There's more pressure. There's like a way you kind of convey yourself when you're at home, you're more relaxed and then you become lax with the rules, but it's really only you and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So maybe that yeah. private conduct is um, is more like associated between you and Allah. Yeah, that might be where you actually truly reveal your taqwa. Mm. You reveal your character when you're being tested. You reveal your taqwa when you're in private. Yeah. All right, let's do a little bit more. Uh, that is good, Yusufro. Yet still there is a little point about which I should like to have further information. What is the meaning of attention? For attention can hardly be used in the same sense when applied to the gods as when applied to other things. For instance, horses are said to require attention, and not every person is able to attend to them, but only a person skilled in horsemanship. Is it not so? Certainly. I should suppose that the art of horsemanship is the art of attending to horses? Yes. Nor is everyone qualified to attend to dogs, but only the huntsman? True. And I should also conceive that the art of huntsman is the art of attending to dogs. Yes. As the art of the ox herd is the art of attending to oxen? Very true. In like manner, holiness or piety is the art of attending to the gods. That would be your meaning, Yusufro? 
Yes. So what do you think? As a definition of taqwa, is it giving Allah attention? Seems to me like it is. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder if just like hearing the word like giving Allah attention, maybe it just like sounds like weird to phrase it that way. In like my mind, it's just kind of like we're like Allah is asking of us to give him attention. Um, but yeah, I think to your point, if if I view it in the sense of like you you give him his right that he has over us, then yeah, that would be part of taqwa to me. Yeah. Okay. Me, I was just gonna comment, reading through it, especially when the 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 comments and the conversation of attention came up. It it, it resonated in my mind, like the concept of shirk, um, and how you know, like like almost like assuming partners are giving attention to something besides Allah. Um, and again, I'm not saying that that's you know necessarily what this is getting at here, but to me, it was almost like. Uh, uh, the, this concept of of who you give your attention to. Yeah, totally, totally, mm -hmm. it's totally fair. Yeah. Okay, let's do a little bit more. Over here at the top. Oh uh, yes. Uh, <clears throat> and is not attention always designed for the good or benefit of that to which the attention is given? As in the case of horses, you may observe that when attended to by the horseman's arts, they are benefited and improved. Are they not? So what about this? Is taqwa designed for the good or benefit of Allah? <laughs> no. Taqwa is designed for the good and benefit of us. So then who, whom are you give attention, giving attention to then? You give attention to yourself, yeah? Or let's change it. You are attending to yourself <clears throat> with God consciousness. Yeah. Because everyone else could be going astray around you, but you having taqwa, you're doing it for <clears throat> your own self. You're the beneficiary of your taqwa. Or for example, everyone's eating, but you're fasting. You're doing it for yourself. Uh, I have a question with respect to the idea of attention here, because yes. could you argue that, like, and, and please, I hope it's not shirk if I say this, but like, are we uh, like, are we still trying to get the attention of Allah when we do something good in the sense that we want our good to be counted in his perspective? And couldn't that count as like we're doing something for the attention of Allah? Oops. So your statements were so shocking that they knocked my headphones out of my head. <laughs> uh, Basically, so I missed the last part. Like, so, you know, they were doing something, you know, for the attention of Allah. And what did you say after that? That's pretty much the gist okay. of Like, if we're doing something good, like we're, I mean, we're doing it for ourselves, but we were doing it so that we eventually get into Jannah and the, the being that'll like grant us that possibility is Allah. So could you argue that the attention is being given to Allah so that your deeds can be accepted? Um, hold on a second. Hey, where do you want? 
Okay, goodbye. That's all I have. Candy. I had to take I had to talk to you for like five minutes. Okay, after the uh, after is uh uh say it out there. So uh, I'll be you'll be after say it. Okay. How how long is this gonna take? You, uh this will probably be done maybe in five minutes, inshallah. Okay. But uh, ask say it how long his talk will be. Okay, sorry about that. So who came to give me candy? The um um in terms of uh, attending to Allah. Uh, <clears throat> that is the all of your actions yeah all of your actions are basically focused on on Allah and so thus you are hoping for the attention from Allah you're hoping for the feedback from Allah that I think we all would say yeah right uh, in terms of <clears throat> I don't think it implies lack of attention from Allah which, uh, Naim, let me know if that's sort of like what you were hinting to. Well, I didn't think of the corollary with respect to the lack of attention. Um, so, yeah. That Okay, we all know that Allah is giving us, you know, full 100% attention every moment. But then we also have passages that uh, those who forget Allah, Allah makes them forget themselves, as well as those who turn away from Allah, Allah turns away from them. What does that mean then in terms of Allah's interaction with us? The consequence is that, you know, Allah is removing us from consciousness of him. So another way to frame the same thing is when you are making dua, at one level, it's me expressing my need to Allah. Yeah, that's the part we all understand. That's the Sunday school level. Deeper, when I'm making dua, it is actually Allah who is making me make uh, dua to him. That That is the moment where Allah is giving me this different attention to make me turn to him. Yeah? Make sense? Or is it confusing? Or no comment. I was just going to say, um, I, I don't know if that was directed at anyone, but like I just heard something similar on like um, Sheikh Mikhail Smith made a comment about that too, about Dua. And he was like, um, basically summarized kind of like what you said. He said like, you know, 30 years might go by, you're making the same Dua and you might be like, I didn't get that tangible thing. But he was like, at the end of the day, you making Dua is what Allah wanted you to do to develop that relationship with him. You constantly coming back every single time and asking him that's more important than getting even that tangible thing because then you might forget him after that yeah um or so he was just commenting on mm -hmm. kind of like what you said that going back every single time making the duas that's a calling in and of itself that a lot of times we overlook that is the victory and it's often easier to understand by the opposite by not making any dua to allah right so continuing that point further what are we saying that <clears throat> In, in Shazan's example, suppose I'm making dua to Allah for 30 years for the same thing. That sounds, at Sunday school level, as though my dua is not being answered. But what if we reframe it and say that Allah loves my dua so much that he makes me keep requesting it for 30 years? What do you all think? It, it's oh go ahead go ahead go ahead please please go for it no 
this is kind of more in the line of like uh, what Naeem said earlier to play like devil's advocate a little bit. Couldn't someone kind of counter that? And I don't know. It's 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 it feels like like a little naive, maybe. Pop you know, they could, where you're just like that's where you're pre. I know, like as Muslims, right? We're supposed to sort of assume good in God and in all situations, right? Yeah, but I think like say that again. Yeah, that would be a good thing to do, but yeah. Right, yeah. right. But I'm saying like, you know, like uh, the on-the-ground reality sometimes is very different where like, you know, you have all types of like doubts and waswasas and all that stuff. So like, I guess, I mean, I, I, I know the answer to the question, but I'm saying like on the ground, sometimes you have those doubts where, you know, how do you fight against that instead of like, just like, you know, find a way to like believe that this is God wanting good for you. So he's yeah. making you passes. So for the lay person, that would not be an explanation for them. I think that would risk destroying their faith. That uh, it's literally, a, it becomes a tool to disempower them. That your prayer is not being answered because Allah loves to hear you pray. Right. That's the, that's a totally easy tool to keep people under power. Just like saying kismet, you know, mm. right. Because Allah loves you. That, you know, when we use the narration that when Allah loves someone, he causes them to struggle, easy tool to control an entire population. For the advanced person, however, who does not have the issues of doubt, who's beyond those, then they are reaching a point of erasing their will and putting it into complete surrender to Allah. And that person, their victory is all communication with Allah. Mm. Make sense? For yeah. a person, that exact same thing is destruction. How would you then, and, the, and this is too much to answer now, that's fine. How would you then sort of connect the dots between that for like the lay person? Like how would you... It's basically like Islam it? versus Iman versus Ihsan, right? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so if I'm at the Islam level and I'm teaching this class, I'm talking to all of you as me, and I'm talking to Eric, Fezan, Abdullahi, Mokit, so forth and so on. Yeah. If I'm at the Iman level, while I'm talking to all of you, it keeps reminding me of Allah. If I'm at the Ihsan level, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to Allah. Wow. Allah is putting you in front of me, asking me, how do I respond to Allah? Make sense? Yes. So dua for the person at the Islam level is a plea, Ya Allah, please give this to me. Mm. And then if it gets answered, if it seems to get answered, they're kind of surprised, pleasantly surprised. If it does not seem to get answered, they're not really surprised, although they might be a little bit disappointed. At the Iman level, they know what their heart is seeking and they ask accordingly. And they ask with some confidence that Allah is answering, but they're also asking for the root of what they're really seeking. Remember, we spoke about the attributes of Allah, so they might just be seeking Rahmah. For the person at Ihsan, everything is communication with Allah. Thus, everything is dua all day long. 24-7. Make sense? Mm. Yes, sir. Sure. Okay, so I got a line of people out there, you know, demanding my attention. Um, let's stop right here, inshallah. And so, uh, where we leave off, like, certainly not for their hurt, but for their good. And, okay, so we're going to... Pause. Unless you all want to do something like a Saturday daytime, I'll leave Fezan to for you to discuss with everyone. I can probably do like a Saturday daytime because I'm going to be here seven days a week. 
Okay. And, and so if it's something distant from iftar time, mm -hmm. uh, I can probably do that. I don't know if uh, if you guys run my uh, email list. I also restarted my Ramadan Quran class that started today. It's five o'clock. It's starting from Al Fatiha, and at six o'clock, it's starting from Surah An Nisa. Super, super, super slow today. We basically made it through the Ba of Bismillah Rahman Rahim in the first class, and we finished the first sentence of the first ayah of uh, Surah An Nisa. So you're all welcome to all those. Just uh, send me a note or something, and I'll send you all the. Actually, you know what? The Zoom address is the same address as it is for this class. Oh, nice. But five o'clock every day, except for Thursdays, starting from Al Fatiha. Six o'clock every day, except for Thursdays, is starting from Surah An Nisa. Perfect. And you're all welcome to all of them, inshallah. Alrighty, um, we're almost done with the with the youth pro. We're almost there. I mean, still got like 500 years left, but um, um, we will continue. Subhanakallahumma bihamdika nashadwillah ilaha illa anta nastafiruka wana tubi lake. So may Allah tell word you all, and if I don't see you all or each of you, then may Allah tell give you all all of us a successful Ramadan, inshallah. And at the very latest, hopefully, I'll see you on the other side, inshallah. Is that right. Yeah. 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 Yeah.